Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of On the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai, and I'm the editor in chief of Auto Trader. And I'm Dan Alika. I am Auto Trader's road test editor. Hi, Dan. Hello, Jody. Um, I know we're far too old for this, but a lot of people are going back to school now. Wow. Yeah, summer's almost over. Everyone went to the CNE this weekend. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> like, you know, all of you guys listening at home, I guess you're going to get this you know, just after, like days after the CNE closed. Um, but this is the first time it was back in, in two years. Yeah. I think the last one would have been 2019. And man, it was so fun. It's always so fun. I thought it'd be weirded out by the huge crowds, but it was actually fine. My, I had lots of good food. It was a good time. Yeah, that was honestly the first event or the first thing I've done since the pandemic that I felt normal. And it didn't, like you said, it didn't bother me with all the crowds as much as I thought. Now, I was still, you know, careful. I was vigilant mm -hmm. and whatever. But, you know, just walking around outdoors in like this sea of people, I wasn't as freaked out as I thought I would be. Yeah, it actually felt pretty comfortable. Yeah, it just felt normal and fun and, and like old times. And yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm fighting like a food hangover from all the fried. Oh, my God. We had like deep fried buffalo cheese curds and deep fried mac and cheese but deep fried is a bit oh, oh so good i think some of my favorite things to eat are i love a corn dog yes. but they don't have a veggie option for you no um i love the ice cream waffle sandwiches yeah oh, that Killer. with the with the ugly scary clown logo yes. that's the good one to get yes yeah uh, tiny tom's donuts yep um and in the food building they have this like giant wheel of cheese where they heat it up and then scrape off what? the melted cheese like a raclette oh my god oh my god it's the best thing becky ever. becky would be i she can't listen to this episode <laughs> she'll be like we're getting so off topic how again. dare you not take me to this <laughs> wheel of cheese and then joseph our producer he said that his fiance tried that uh that pickle juice spicy lemonade that and, was one yeah, of the joseph hated it yeah, that's a weird yeah, one. Yeah, and I heard the uh, the ketchup ice cream was disgusting. I yeah, it's ketchup ice cream. I, I heard it was absolutely. I wild. don't understand what else to expect. Like why people would think anything different. Ketchup and ice cream, mustard. Yeah, that's so weird to that me. That doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. And I love ice cream and I love ketchup, but not together. No, it's not <laughs> supposed to be together. Uh, anyway, all this to say is a lot of people are going back to school either now or soon. And, you know, some people might be buying their first car, which is a really big life step. And we know it can be kind of scary because there's so many things to navigate when buying cars. And if we're going to do what we say we do and make car stuff simple for Canadians, let's start with some car buying advice. Yeah. So all throughout this episode, we're going to be giving you the best car advice I think there is. Dan and I take a very pragmatic approach to buying cars. Um, and so you're going to hear some advice that like maybe you haven't heard before, but we're here to tell it to you like it is. Give it to you straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know we work at Auto Trader, but you know, Auto Trader does used cars and new cars. So we're yeah. going to give you advice for both because we like having different options. And especially I do think, you know, now more than ever, um, with the constraints on new car production because of supply chain issues with semiconductors, there's that cross shop possibility that maybe didn't exist previously, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm new car only. I can't buy yeah. something used. I have a lot of friends who refuse to buy new and only want to buy used, but given the market conditions, I think 
it's almost forcing your hand a little bit? A little bit, but we also did a survey. Like there was an auto trader survey in the middle of the pandemic that was saying like, oh, because of the inventory issues, if you only bought new, would you consider buying used? And tons of people said yes, of course, because yeah. they kind of had no other That's what I'm saying. Like you yeah. just don't, you can't be, you have to be a little more flexible these days given the, you know, pressures on the auto industry at large. And, you know, you, I think like the used car market is, has recovered quite nicely mm-hmm. and it's continuing to recover. Um, but the new vehicle inventory is still an issue that automakers are fighting through, you know, getting that supply out, backfilling orders from the early days of the pandemic, still playing catch up a little bit, not like the ice cream. I mean, catch up. (laughs) And uh, so because of that, I think, you know, if you had your heart set on something new, but it's not available, you have to kind of keep an open mind and take a look at, at a used vehicle. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. So I have bought all of my vehicles used um, simply because a lot of the stuff I'm looking for, they just don't sell new anymore. For example, I drive a manual diesel car, which you can't get new anymore because they don't sell them. Um, and Dan's car is the same. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people might be scared or have hesitations about buying used. Um, but I would just ad- advise those people to don't be afraid to get a second opinion, like find a trusted mechanic that you know and love and have them look over a used car. That way you can kind of have that comfort of knowing that there's nothing wrong. It's not going to like explode in your face as soon yeah. as you buy it. Um, and another option is CPO. So certified pre-owned is a really great option for people who might have a bit of hesitation with used cars. Yeah, it's really cool because basically um, what it is, is that for you guys who don't know uh, about about CPO programs, is what it means is that automakers will, will lay out kind of some rules. Um, there will be like an inspection that has to be done that it needs to meet these criteria. Uh, in order to be sold as a certified pre-owned. It'll include some warranty coverage that you wouldn't get otherwise. So it is a nice bit of peace of mind that you can get directly through, um, you know, the dealers that that deal with those OEMs. It, it is a very good option, especially nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the pros and cons of CPO would be you get an uh, almost new car that's been fully checked out. It just warranty. has to meet a higher standard yeah, of, of it will. Kinda- cost a little bit more than a regular used car because of all that added security but i think it's very worth it for that peace of mind um i've been you know and and i have not bought cpo but i've bought new i've bought used over the years so i I really like and i do think it's an important process especially people in our shoes you know i i do know some some auto writers who have never bought cars and it just to me it's i don't know it's one of those it's part of learning and part of understanding what yeah you know what the average person goes through because we're normal people too but also (laughs) part of the ownership process so like for me the ownership process is huge because it extends beyond because that follows you for the whole lifetime of that car right and so for us buying one of the biggest pieces of advice that i give people who are shopping either new or used is to take into account all of the other costs that are outside your car payment so stuff like insurance um, maintenance, does it need premium fuel? All of that kind of stuff can can catch you off guard if you're not prepared. Yeah, I would say that, you know, fuel less so, but my big one, especially for 
those younger shoppers, if we're talking about this back to school season, maybe you need a new car to get to, to school. The thing that I say is take kind of make a short list. Um, and before you get your heart set on anything, make sure to get insurance quotes Mm -hmm. because that car that you had in mind might you know get pushed off of your list just based on how much the insurance is that happened to me once so there was one time i was test driving um, an audi s3 and i thought it was so perfect for what i needed and i loved it because it was practical it was fun it was like yellow it was just perfect for me Um, and i was gonna buy it and and then I, I looked into the insurance and I could not afford the insurance on it. Yeah. It was like triple what I was pay cur- paying currently. That's a big... And so it automatically took it off my list for me, which was very sad. But it yeah. was that moment I realized that, okay, you have to account for all of these extra costs. It's unfortunate because it's a bit of a chicken or the egg, right? Because I, I even myself, I've been there where you, you don't want to just make your list based on what you can afford through the insurance companies because, hey, you might hate that car. And if you hate your car, you know, you're not going to treat it right. You're never going to feel kind of fulfilled. And I think that's an important part of buying a car is like for it to feel special, even if it's something that you need. Um, But it's definitely, there's that one doesn't exist without the other. So it's like make a list of cars that you think you'd like. Don't drive them yet because you're going to get your heart set on one. So call around, get an idea of how much the insurance is going to be because yeah your I guess your Audi experience is a is a prime one that you know sometimes it can it can really dash those dreams yeah exactly and I thought I had to hit all of those requirements for a discounted rate because I'm like you know over 25 old thanks it's true I'm old it's like usually you know us older people get better rates on old insurance. no no collisions exactly you know no collisions lack. very little speeding tickets yeah. I thought it would be a great rate I was yeah. so wrong. Um, And then another time I was considering buying a very old Maserati because it was a crazy good deal. But then I thought, oh, my God, this is going to bankrupt me because of the maintenance. Oh, my. Because, yes, you might be able to afford a used Maserati, but will you be able to afford an oil change on it? I mean, and just like the maintenance alone, that's one of those classic examples of like, how do you make a billionaire a millionaire? Put him in a used Maserati. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I can't. That's that's like, that thing is going to just drain you i know and so you just have to be careful of all of those added costs um and even before you get to that when you're shopping for a car and you're budgeting how much money you can spend don't forget to budget for stuff like taxes destination fees that can typically add uh, like what two thousand three thousand yeah and and it's you know going up a little bit because destination i guess i guess that's well maybe we should we should like demystify here hit him with the sound so the destination fees, they they do vary by manufacturer, right? But generally speaking, um, what that fee covers is transportation from either, you know, like the, the facility it's built um, or from, you know, the dock, whatever, right? There, there's all of these, these transportation, these legs of the journey that these vehicles have to take. So some manufacturers will charge you that destination fee and it'll vary from province to province. Mm-hmm. Right. So you might see that range when you look at the fine print, it's going to say, oh, you know, 1725 to 2450. Other OEMs will do it as an average. So they'll take a look at how much it costs to ship a car, you know, from 
anywhere from BC to Vancouver to the territories, and they will average out that that cost, and that's how much they'll charge. And that that way, it's a single cost, no matter where you live, it's the same. Um, but what has caused that to to rise? Obviously, fuel prices. But another big one is insurance, right? Because these transport companies, the carriers mm-hmm. that are delivering these vehicles, you know, it's costing them more. Um, new rules that are that are based on safety, um, but drivers only being able to drive a certain number of hours in a day. All of that stuff means costs are going up everywhere. And then another side of it is that transport right now, pandemic driven or not, it's just one of those industries that the, the demand is so high. So it's more competitive. Automakers have to spend more in order to get those contracts mm-hmm. secured. So there are a lot of factors that are pushing those destination fees higher and higher. But yeah, give or take, it's about, you know, $2,000 is is about the average. Um, and it's non-negotiable. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's one that people ask us all the time. And that's why we include it in our starting price. Autom- you know, I mean, I get it, right? It's the same kind of trick of why a $100 item is listed for $99.99 because it looks less expensive. You know, so I understand automakers leave that off of the pricing when they, except for Quebec. Quebec is the only province uh, in Canada that, that it has to be included in the advertised price. I think everywhere should adopt that. Totally agree. Because think about it. You don't go to the grocery store and pick up that box of cereal and it says it's $3.99 and then you get up to the counter and they're like, oh, but destinations another third. Like it's the only item you can buy, the only consumer good that you can buy in Canada that you have to pay a separate fee for getting it to the store you're buying it from. I think it's ridiculous. I don't blame automakers for, that's why it's like Genesis. People love to praise Genesis. Wow, you know, no destination charge. No, it's It's included. included. (laughs) It's just not a separate line item, which is the smart way to do it. It earns Genesis some brownie points. Mm Right? Consumers like you guys out there listening yeah. think, hey, that's really cool. It's just a bit of extra transparency. Yes, exactly. You know, which I always love. Yeah. So um, that so that is a big... Fa- but then the other... And another reason to consider something like a CPO program is you won't be charged... Destination is something that's charged on a new vehicle. Right. So if you buy used or CPO, yeah. you will not get charged a destination Yeah. Once fee. it's a registered vehicle. So even there are... You know, you can make sure that's not passed along to you on a, on like a, a demo. demo. Because once that vehicle is registered, right, once it's, you know, it now, like, that triggers the warranty Mm -hmm. and everything else, and destination goes to the first user of that vehicle. So make sure that even if you're, you know, taking a look at at a a demo that you're not getting dinged for something that you shouldn't be. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so... There's there's two more things that I really, really want to go through. Yep. One of them is if you're a, a new car buyer or used car buyer, but also this applies to first-time buyers or people who have been buying cars for a long, long time, try not to buy more car than you actually need. And we say this all the time because it is so important for saving you money. And I know if you get a lease, that extra bit of cash might not seem like a lot. But in the long run, you will be saving much more money if you only buy as much car as you need. And yeah, and I've and there, you know, I think recently, um, and I'm not here to you know slam a particular vehicle, but I ran into this issue recently with the new Honda HRV, right? 2023 HRV. It's been redesigned. 
but it's very expensive and it runs counter to that, you know, that notion that you and I are, are always preaching to people because the top of the lineup, it's like a $41,000 subcompact crossover. Which is CRV money. Yeah. You could get yourself, you know, a, a reasonably well-equipped CRV, which is much bigger. So, you know, that is an issue because I think in, in North America, that's what we're driven by quite often is buying what we can afford. So it's like, well, look at how far, that's why I think why trucks are so popular, right? Yeah. They, so much money is left on the hoods of these vehicles, which, you know, that's kind of like auto industry lingo for incentives, right? Automakers will, you know, charge more, they'll, they'll list a higher sticker price so that they can chip away at that price through incentives. Um, but that has led to this boon of, of pickup trucks because it's like, well, look, it's only $50,000 and look at all the vehicle I'm getting, right? And so that that really, it's not something that you see in other parts of the world yeah. where people are more, and there's obviously- They're much more practical in how they buy their vehicles. Yes, and there's obviously like other factors, right? Like if you take a look, you know, in Europe and, and the UK, um, you're paying like emissions taxes that are going to impact your purchase, right? So it's like, well, you're not going to buy some big displacement engine that you don't need because it's going to cost you quite a bit extra every year on these taxes, right? Every year, but also on your fuel bill. Yeah. You're going to be spending way more money on fuel, right? And so our advice is that like, if you want a truck, really be honest with yourself on if you'll use it as a truck. Yeah. How many times are you going to be towing with it a year? Yeah. Are you going to be loading it up with lumber and stuff in the back all the time. Yeah. If you do it once or twice a year, that's not enough justification for me to spend that much money on a truck. No, and and the other thing that I have, and again, it's not a, uh, we're not coming after you, you know, truck truck owners well, and like truck drivers. Well, like big SUVs too. Yeah, but it's like this idea that, you know, there's just a lot of that. I understand whatever, you're buying a personal vehicle and you want to feel comfortable in it, but the the logic of like well i'm a big person so i want a bigger vehicle it's like there's no i'm a big guy i'm 6'3 260 pounds okay and i can fit i just fit in that hrv quite comfortably mm -hmm. a subaru crosstrek and i'm talking about vehicles that you know you could tow 1500 pounds with that put a hitch on it and if you are you know going to home depot to do some some i don't know you're building a new shed it can haul all that lumber home yep. And you're not driving an empty truck. You 90% know. of the time. Yeah, it just yeah. seems silly to me because, again, especially now, like you said, with fuel prices being what they are, I don't see the logic in driving something that you're you're being taxed for driving something that's way bigger yeah, than you need. exactly. So I would just say be pragmatic when you're shopping around for cars even with when it comes to features yeah like there's a lot of features that are nice to have versus you need to have yeah. so just be honest with yourself about those and that's um, the same goes sorry just jumping back to that the same goes with premium fuel right yeah true if you're i personally aside from if if it was like you know my my kind of toy um, that I could understand like, yeah, okay, that, that runs on premium because I'm only putting maybe a couple thousand kilometers a year on, on it. No biggie. But as a daily driver right now, you know, I just returned that Cadillac CT5V Blackwing. Great car. One of my favorite cars I've ever driven. I think it's amazing. But when I showed up and I, I had a look and regular was like a dollar 50 a liter and 91 
was 184. So 34 cents more a liter. That adds up so quickly. And that to me is just one of those things where unless you have, you know, either just a ton of money and don't care, but even then I just don't, why throw that money away? It's put, it's the definition of putting good money after bad, in my opinion. That yeah, especially because it's it's a toy, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, again, it's fun, but you're going to be paying to have that fun. Yeah. Um, and then finally, this one, this one's a bit of a touchy subject, but like super long loans. I know that those monthly payments look low, but if you were, I would highly advise against taking on a super duper long loan that's like seven, eight years. Yeah. Because what might happen is that you at like, let's say you get into an accident or something, a collision with that car, you could be owing more on it than what it's actually well, worth. Even without that, just generally. So there's a term called, called negative equity, yep. right? And basically it means that the, the amount outstanding, so the money that you still owe to the bank on that finance rate is more than the vehicle is worth. So for whatever reason, if you were like, oh man, I can't afford this, I lost my job and I need to get out of this vehicle, you couldn't sell it for as much as you owe on it. So you would have to pay the bank more money than that car is worth. And the same goes, because here's the thing, right? I I also understand that a lot of people just want something new, you know, and maybe that kind of four to five year um, vehicle rotation is, is the norm or for a lot of people that's, that's relatively normal, right? After four or five years, it's time to upgrade to something newer. But the problem is on that seven year finance on that current vehicle, when you're trading that in, all that's happening is you're rolling the outstanding finance amount into the next one. So let's say it's a $50,000 car and you still owe $15,000 on it and you replace it with another $50,000 car. Well, that 15,000 owing just gets rolled. So now that $50,000 car, you're actually paying $65,000 for it. So it just creates this kind of like domino effect mm -hmm. and you're never going to get out from under that burden. It's extremely hard um, to yeah, dig yourself out of that debt, which is why we we say use extreme caution when you're when you're going on these really long loans. Because I also understand, right, every you know, especially now um, with inflation and everything, life is very expensive. And so, yes, I, I understand the appeal when you see these low monthly payments or biweekly payments, but you really do. So that's my other piece of advice is when you go to, to negotiate on that vehicle, don't negotiate the monthly payment, negotiate the full purchase price because, you know, everybody's smartphone has a calculator. So you can easily figure out that monthly purchase price when you sit when you're sitting down at the desk with the salesperson just say okay let's negotiate how much this is going to cost me i want my all in price taxes included mm -hmm. because then you can take a look and say okay well it's $30,000 so what does that work out to over 48 months versus 60 months versus 72 and you can do the math on your own and see the difference in the monthly payments because if you negotiate that monthly payment, sure, it looks great. And you're going to say, that's exactly what I want. But then when you actually take a look at that, you know, finance agreement you're signing and realize it's for 84 months, that is massive and something that you, you know, want to avoid if you can.
For sure. And so that actually leads us to our ask an expert question. Okay. Um, if you have questions you would like us to answer on the podcast, you can email expert at trader.ca. This one comes from Ginny from Markham. Uh, this might sound stupid. First of all, there are no stupid questions at all. Never. Um, but I always wondered if financing or buying is better and which one saves more money in the long run. Hmm. Well, I guess like financing, because so financing. I think she might mean leasing or buying. Or maybe she means buying outright, like coming in with, with yeah, you know. Yeah, so. I always try to buy my cars outright with cash because I hate being in debt, but I not know not all everybody of us are, is in that situation. Not all of us are money bags like Jody. Over I'm here. not a money bags. I just don't like being in debt. I don't like monthly She's payments. Like, she walks in there like the Monopoly man with a whole sack of cash over her shoulder. I wish. Plunks it down on the desk and says, I'll take one. I wish that was my situation. Well, I know that that's unrealistic for the average person. Yeah. And so my advice would be... Um, Put down as big as a down payment as you can afford because that will that's what's going to help save you money in the long term. Regardless. Agreed. And the other thing to keep in mind is that we are out of these like subprime days where, you know, it used to be if you were walking into a into a dealership and it was zero percent financing, I would give the the opposite of that advice. Put down as little as possible. Because your money, if you actually sit down and, and do the math back in those days, your money, that let's say it was like, okay, I've got $10,000 I think I'm going to put down as a down payment. That $10,000, the interest that would accrue by it sitting in your savings account would actually be more valuable than how much you were taking off the, the, the principal of the loan. It's crazy to think about, right? But when it's 0% financing, they're lending you money for free. Your money is actually making more money sitting in your savings account. Right. Unfortunately, those days are done. Yep. Because um, interest so, rates are going up and up. Exactly. So now I would say, yes, I agree with you. Put down, you know, a, a sizable down payment. Because going back to that thing about affordability, and, and my friends and I have talked about this a lot, is that I understand that, Again, life is expensive and it is way easier to take out a loan than save the equivalent, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, that's a go going back to that, you know, because the average selling price of a vehicle in Canada has crested $40,000 now, but let's just use $40,000 and you ask yourself, realistically, with all of your expenses every month and everything else, how long would it take you to save $40,000, right? Versus if you walk into a dealer or, you know, whether it's new or used and, and figure out a finance agreement, that is way easier. It's less burdensome on, you know, the average shopper to take that loan. So I understand that to, to walk in and, and plunk down the Jody-sized bag of cash just isn't realistic for everyone, for sure. right? Um but then going, so now that's talking about kind of, you know, buying the purchase versus the finance, the lease side of it, it can be more affordable, but there are so many factors to consider because there's going to be, you know, a mileage cap. So if you, you know, if the vehicle that you're buying, if you have, let's say, so the lower, what you're doing, you're basically, when you're leasing a vehicle, um, you're borrowing it 
for a certain amount of time. So whether it's a year, two, three, four years, whatever. So you are not paying, you're paying the depreciation on that vehicle. So if it's a $40,000 vehicle, and that's why the folks at ALG and all those organizations, Canadian Black Book, that's what they do. They forecast the value of that vehicle, what it's going to be worth in three years. So that money, that depreciation, that's what you're paying for, right? But the problem is that's based on, okay, so if it's 40, let's say it's four years and, and it's 12,000 kilometers a year. So it's a $48,000 lease. And then you go over that, there's a penalty. Any, you know, kind of damage, damage. that's more than just normal wear and tear, you have to pay for that. Yep. So it is a very attractive, a very appealing option, but only for the right people. The people that I think it's appealing for are the ones who get restless who and want something new all the exactly. time. Exactly. If you constantly, because you're going to avoid rolling that negative equity or plunking down those, those, you know, massive down payments and then getting out of that car within a couple of years anyways, there's no point. And you may as well just lease because yeah, you're not owning anything at the end of it, but at least it gives you that flexibility that you're like, ah, I want something different. Oh, I'm ready. It's been a year. It's been two years. I want a different color. Yeah. You know, you have that ability. Yeah. It's a, it's just a really nice option if you want the latest and greatest. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to go through the effort of like constantly buying and selling. So yeah. both of them have pros and cons. Um, but thank you so much, Ginny, for your question. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Again, if anyone has any questions, you can email expert at trader.ca. Uh, and that brings us to the end of episode 11. Wait, hold on. I do have one more piece of advice, <gasps> especially if we're talking about, you know, students okay. um, and you're going back to school. So this is for, for those people. And this applies to anyone realistically, but I think for parents, this is a, a little piece of advice that, that I think is hugely beneficial is that distracted driving is such a huge problem. You know, we are all so addicted to our phones a great way to eliminate or at least mitigate that problem is buy your kids a manual transmission <laughs> because it is way harder to shift gears and use your phone at the same time. Yeah. So just get them a manual. Although I've seen people, I've seen people driving manual cars with the phone with a coffee and smoking a cigarette all at the I same mean, time. And I'm like, how do you do that and not crash? Those people are what we call French. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, they're the, the, the idea that, you know, I think there are certain people that you can't help um, mm -hmm. if they're going to be on their phones anyways. But I do think, and it's just a great life skill. I've had this conversation with my brother where I said, like, you know, you just never know that you might find yourself in a scenario where there's been some sort of emergency situation and having the ability to drive a manual transmission vehicle yeah. could be beneficial down the road. So not only are you teaching your, your child a life skill, but you're also mitigating the risk that they will be on their phone because they're they have to be focused on changing gears. Yeah, it's a good tip. Um, it's also wow, so much fun. I love driving oh, manual cars. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I teach anyone who wants to be taught because I think it's good karma. And I just yes. think it's a helpful life <laughs> Good skill. karma. Exactly. Yeah, I see um, what you did there. But thank you so much for joining us on episode 11 of Own the Road with Auto Trader. Our next episode is all about pop culture cars and movie cars, oh, which, cool. which I'm really excited about. So tune in next time to Own the Road. Um, until next time, 
drive safe and own the road. We're still trying to think of a catchphrase. It's this one's not really working I'm not, for me. <laughs> this is very Hal Johnson and Joanna Clapp. I know. So Body break. Oh yeah, that's, that's a what classic. It, yeah, yeah, that's what it reminds um, me of. So if you have any better suggestions for a catchphrase, yeah, email us email at expert <laughs> at trader.ca. Uh, and we'll see you next time on Own the Road. Bye everyone. <laughs>